The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you could learn more about spirituality and how it can work in your favor, would you be intrigued? Of course you would. It's time to get real. This is Get Real Radio with your host, James Robinson. In our show, we'll interview fascinating guests with the intent of bringing you closer to who you really want to be. Get ready for some of the most profound radio on any airwaves today. Now, here is James Robinson. Hello, everyone. This is James Robinson with Get Real Radio, and my guest today is a true gem in the spiritual world named Christopher Timms. And if you ever took the time to go look at his website, which is www.christophertimms.com, it's, it's like diving into an encyclopedia of esoteric and metaphysical and new age and practical knowledge. And one of the things I've really enjoyed getting to know Christopher is that we have a lot of uh, similar ideas about what spirituality is and it is not. So welcome, Christopher. Thank you very much, James. It's great to be here with you today. You know, one thing that uh, I love about Christopher is that while on the one hand he could very easily be wearing a conical hat with stars and half moons on it and a big magician's robe and teaching magic and ancient mystery information. But on the other hand, he's a contractor, and he's been in the building trade for many years. And so he's, as as they say, he's got his head in the clouds and his feet on the ground. And one, you know, one of the first questions I'd, I'd want to ask Christopher is, how in the world did you get into these two completely different worlds? One being the contractor building world, and the other one being actually running a uh, basically what's called a mystery school, which is uh, teaching people about a lot of really interesting stuff. So how did? That's a great question, James. Um, uh, my father was a World War II vet. He was in Normandy, and my mother was a nurse. And they, after after the war, they got married, started a family. Eventually, I was the firstborn son, a firstborn child. And my father was very independent. Started his own contracting firm, which he had all of his life. And as I grew up as a young boy, I was apprenticing with the men that worked for my father. And so I had my hands in a variety of different trades. You know, as I was uh, mixing mortar, carrying buckets of glue for flooring, carpet, you know, tile, drywall, electrical, everything. And I was the cleanup go-to, brush it out, clean it up guy. And I just grew up 
through apprenticing and the journeyman into the master levels of several different trades. And while I was living in that mode, I was in school and sometime around eighth or ninth grade, I remember seeing somebody on TV doing yoga. I didn't know, even know what it was. And I asked my mother if I could study this. I wanted to learn how to do this. And we found a place in Wilmington, Delaware, where I was growing up. And my mother took me to yoga classes. And then martial arts started after that. And I saw that those things were really helping me in my sports when I was in high school and on through life. And uh, and, and I think the spiritual component, and not that those things aren't spiritual, James, but a more intrinsic component was my music. See, I also started playing music uh, early on. I, I've played the violin since I've been six, the drums since I've been ten, and I think those internal mechanisms of music and the emotion and feeling and creativity really coupled with the practicality of contracting, working with my hands, building things, fixing things, whether it's building go-karts as a kid, you know, or, or additions on somebody's house as a, as a man, um, is all just kind of complementing the energy, intrinsic and ex- extrinsic or external. And um, so that's really a blessing. I mean, it's just an incredible blessing uh, to have the internal and the external. Well, one of the things that if if you just go onto your website um, and and look at what you teach, uh, you know, if if you have a image in your mind of of a guy that is in the building trade, and the topics that you talk on uh, just don't fit that image, it's like. Ascension, angels, and the eternal masters, how to access their world. There's sacred geometry and frozen music. There's uh, eternal teachings, finding your path, uh, inner guidance, letting go. There's uh, live food and juicing made easy. Uh, Living the spiritual life, it's not what you do, it's how you do it. The lost teachings of yoga. And this page, the list of topics, the psychic smorgasbord, real answers to your questions. How do you know? Do your contractor friends know that you're doing this stuff? <laughs> well, not not so much particularly. It doesn't really blend in too much. I've had the greatest the greatest affinity, believe it or not, James. With a number of my contractor friends are Christian, and I actually was playing drums for several years in a in a little Christian church, a part of the praise and worship team playing Christian rock and roll. The pastor and I worked out at the gym together five days a week for several years, and um, they knew me as a man that loved God. I thought a little bit different, but I didn't talk too deeply about it, and... Um, you know, my wife and I really found great friendship and great, great uh, simplicity with uh, the love of God without a whole lot of processing, a whole lot of stuff involved. And um, that went really well until I had to explain to them, James, and you'll appreciate this, that I don't believe that God lives in a book. 
that I don't believe that God stopped talking after after the Bible or anything else, and I believe that God's speaking to us all the time, continuously. And that didn't really go over very well. I I explained to them at the church, and one morning after the gym, when we were kind of getting into a bit of a, not an argument, but just a very animated discussion about all of this, that I felt as though the Christian community had taken the Bible and they had turned it into the golden calf that we were all told not to worship. It became a false idol because God is alive within and around and through us all, not contained in a bunch of ideas, stories, and doctrine. So that kind of ended that phase of our lives. I no longer played drums with them. I no longer really even associated with them. They, they just really dropped us very quickly after that little discussion. So. <laughs> it wasn't a Baptist church, was it? <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. It wasn't quite a bad. It was called Grace Christian Fellowship, and the pastor is just quite a very mystical guy, and he's stretching. You know, a lot of the Christian pastors are really stretching their boundaries. They're really stepping into the esoteric, but they've still got a bungee cord attached to that evangelical tether. I, I remember hearing somebody say something about Christians, and, and I was raised in a Christian church and and still, I guess, have a Christian mindset to life. But, they, but the saying was is that Christians just want to know how much they can get away with and still get into heaven. <laughs> so, so it's, uh, you know, so we can talk for a long time about the philosophy of religion and but one thing that uh, first of all if you go on your website and you go on the internet and do some research there's obviously you had what I would call and, and I don't mean this critically but it was a hippie phase oh, sure. where you know you had uh, very long hair and obviously you were in alternative cultures and now you look pretty straight up and down. You almost look like a Marine. Um, well, yeah, people say that to me often. So d how did that happen? How did you go from one to the other? Well, I, had, um, I went to private school for 11 years. Uh, my parents didn't really have any money. Uh, my dad was just getting going in contracting business. He was beginning to you know, become successful. But we bartered our way through private school for, with me for 11 years. And in, in private school, you had to have your hair above your shirt collar. I had to wear a jacket and a tie uh, for 11 years. So that just kind of became my norm. So you can imagine how that wanted to get just thrown out the window when I graduated from high school. So, <laughs> yeah. so I just kind of went, and went on the pendulum swinging the other way, James. And I started to grow my hair long, played around with it a little while, different lengths. And then I just let it grow real long, it was halfway down my back for about 30 years. And uh, then my wife let me know that I was beginning to look like a homeless man. And um, she said, okay, it's time to get a cut. I said, okay, because my hair is thick, but it, I just wasn't taking good care of it. And it just wasn't looking really nice, you know, and I, and I want to be uh, clean and neat looking. And so I got my hair cut and it's a little bit longer right, right now, but it's still, I mean, it's, 
not even covering my ears. So I can't, but I can't say it's long. But it's not the marine cut anymore. Well, I, I can remember back when I was going around the world and teaching uh, alternative subjects like high magic and healing systems and all this other kind of stuff. I had a crew cut. And I used to wore, wear this army gray coat. And I'd walk down the wor- street in Munich, Germany, and people would salute me. So, right. uh, you know, it's it's all about the image, I guess. But one thing I you know, definitely want to get into with you is this whole notion about spirituality. And because if you go on your website and look at the stuff you teach, you know, some of it's pretty heady stuff. In other words, it's stuff you don't see on curriculum every day. And you've got a school that you call the Blue Star Mystery School. And so I, I wanted to ask you, what in the heck is a mystery school? Um, a mystery school is only a mystery, really, because we've forgotten our own true spiritual heritage. Within the age of Pisces, the last 2,250 years, as we've moved through that now into the dawning of the age of Aquarius, we are... We're moving beyond the forgetfulness that that washed over us like a fog in the age of Pisces, and the original mystery school teachings were not just they, they weren't called mystery school teachings. That's what um, Plato uh, saw them to be when he he. It took Plato twenty years to get into the mystery schools of ancient Egypt. He kept applying, and uh, they didn't call them mystery schools, the Egyptians, but that's what Plato called it because it was just a mystery to him. He said when he got out of his time in the mystery schools, he spent the rest of his life trying to interpret what it is that he realized. And uh, in the ancient world, in the Egyptian, in the Sumerian, the Babylonian, these schools were places of celebration, of just communion, where people would just share an essential way of life. It wasn't anything that had to be taught because everybody already knew it. Everybody was living it. We were all a part of it. It was just a, a joyous place of, of uh, reunion. And um, the teachings were preserved, meaning that there was a, people working in the high realms of astrology, the high realms of um, mineralogy, of gems, of herbs, of um, what they call water medicine and oil medicine, which are Bach flower remedies and essential oils, sacred geometry, um, the authentic history of the human race. All these teachings were preserved, and it was basically just a celebration of life. It was like a big community home. And these temples are now called mystery schools because people just scratch their heads as they begin to get deprogrammed of some of the stuff that we've all become programmed into in the age of Pisces. Does that make sense? Well, I guess it would help if you would elaborate a little bit on what you mean by Pisces because some people may not be familiar with the zodiac or or you know sure what that is 
Yeah, there's a um, the ancients, the Sumerians, actually the uh, one of the original civilizations after after the flood, uh, sectioned the skies into twelve equal sections parts, and they found that each of these sections of the zodiac of the sky had specific qualities. So they named each section and found a uh, likeness of something that they could have as a rendering, whether it's the fish or the, the um, bear, uh, bear, the lion, the balance scales. And you have all the different major signs with their symbols that represent them. These symbols represent qualities, everyone. So you have 12 major sections of pi, you could say, in the circle that we call the zodiac. And each of these sections takes approximately 2,250 years for us to move through on a big clock, much like our clocks that we have now, the old-time clocks, not the digital clocks that are round with 12 sections. And... Uh, the full year is called a processional year. The full processional year takes approximately 26,000 years to go through. And that's what a lot of the hubbub was all about in this last 2012, December 21st, with the galactic alignments and things that were happening is that we were completing one of these big 26,000-year cycles as we cross what's called the ecliptic and um, the ecliptic plane. And it really was a, a very uh, dynamic, it really was an important time as it marks a switch from not just the age of Pisces, which we ended uh, back in the late late 50s, early 60s. And you remember all the music from back in the early 60s. This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, all this stuff, and how we had an explosion of the culture and music and and uh, just dramatic changes. This was all symptomatic of moving from an older age into a new age, the age of Pisces, into the age of Aquarius. So... Imagine that each of them is like a different flavor, like a different energy. And now we're in a new energy, but if you look around, the world was still built on Piscean Age principles. And James, that's specifically why the, the world economic system isn't working, because it's built in the Piscean Age. It goes all the way back to Rome, the economics that we have now. The governments don't work, because they're all based on Roman systems. This is why the psychologies of the school systems, of the medical systems, all of these technologies that are around us, all of them are built on Piscean Age assumptions and um, ideas that no longer fit. But because we're just birthing ourselves into this new time, most people don't really have a articulate way of, of perceiving. They don't have any tools with which to know what to do. All we, all we know as a species is that where we've been hasn't been working. Okay, let's, uh, let me interrupt you there. We've no, got to no, let my sponsors have a few words, and then we'll be following up with, with this uh, when we get back.
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com. And now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. We'd love to hear from you. Please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. This is James Robinson with Get Real Radio, and my guest is Christopher Timms. And what we were talking about prior to break was the changing of the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius. And and what I wanted to follow up with Christopher was, uh, you know, all of that is great to speculate about, but what, you know, for the guy that's out there earning a a 40-hour-a-week paycheck, or or I guess 37-and-a-half-hour-a-week paycheck, why would they need to know anything about whether it's the age of Pisces or the age of Aquarius? Well, that's a that's another great question, and you really don't you really don't need to know any of it. What you really need to know is how to pay attention to the immediacy that you're surrounded by of this moment, and whatever we label it, whatever our great understanding is, that's just extra stuff. That's like sundry window dressings. Um, to me, the spiritual life has to be applicable. And the real physics of the spiritual life is what really speaks to me, James. And what I mean by that is that 
the religious life and the spiritual life are two very different worlds to me. And in the religious life, let, let's define religion for everybody here, just real, real simply. A religion is based on belief and faith and understanding. That's it. And if you ever want to get kicked out of a religious organization, because I've been kicked out of everyone I tried to join throughout my young years, all you have to do is begin to actually experience the things that everyone else believes in, has faith in, and thinks that they actually understand. And as soon as you make that jump into experience, then you realize that you're head over heels different than anybody else in your little group that's still just believing, having faith and understanding. And you realize that your experience is really transcendent and is really much more profound than anything that you could believe, have faith, or understand. And it's interesting because you would think that the, the, the great religious teachings of our world would welcome someone into their fold, into their group, who's experiencing these great states of consciousness, but just the opposite is true because you threaten belief and faith. You threaten the need to understand by your very presence as a living experience. So for me, I, since I was little, I've been experiencing these qualities in spiritual life, meaning that, I mean, I can be at the supermarket, I can be on a job site, and I'm seeing everybody's energy whether I'm watching a plumber or drywall guy or somebody in the canned food or vegetable aisle, I'm seeing their energy. My senses are wide open all the time. Have been since I was a little boy. I first remember seeing energy coming out of my violin. I could see sound and then as shape and color, and then I can see energy around everything and everybody all the time and Okay, what, what good is that? That's, that's cool. So I, I, I followed the yogic teachings, which ask you to not pay attention to the cities or the powers that may be developing within you as a result of your practice because they're a distraction. Why? Because the main goal of spiritual life is to experience union, experience in the Aramaic it's called the abwun, the abwun, oneness, sacred unity. So what I experience is that on an ongoing basis throughout the entirety of each day, James, I'm, I'm an inseparable part of this soup, this living recipe called life, that my body isn't separate from the air that I appear to be breathing or the ground that I appear to be standing upon, the chair that I'm maybe sitting in, the sunlight warms my body. I'm, I'm just simply a part. I'm like one cell in this great cosmic body called life. And what does that do? What good does that do? Well, it immediately frees you from worrying about this thing that people call living and dying. Because you realize somehow just through the experience, not an understanding, but an experience that you're, you exist somehow way beyond these limited terms of birth and death and rebirth and all of this. Somehow you are eternal. See, that's the beginning. 
And with that, with that experience comes a hopefulness, comes a creativity, comes a relaxed openness that allows these ideas, this creativity, your unique gift that James has to give to the world. It allows that to come out. And as long as we live in a world where we think that we're finite instead of knowing that we're infinite, then we'll always trying, we'll always be battling death. We'll always be afraid of death, always trying to push death down the road. But in this state, death becomes the great ally. Death is your ally. Life is your ally. Because they're all reflections of life everlasting, your eternal life. Does this make sense? Well, yes. And I wanted to ask you about you are not just a contractor. You have an active, uh, however you want to describe it, practice of helping people. Yes. Uh, whether and so, could you explain to the people what it is that how you, you know, what services that you offer people oh, to sure. help them? I'd be happy okay. to, James. And first of all, let's get let's get clear about the purpose of your spiritual life. The purpose of your spiritual life is to provide a pathway for you to experience freedom and liberation. That's called Jivan Mukti from the Hinduism. And this freedom comes with your pursuance of spiritual practices, of you deprogramming yourself from yourself so you can realize your own true eternal nature, living in the state of eternity, you could say. Okay, but that is the purpose of your spiritual life. The purpose of your spiritual life is not to financially support you. So everybody hear that. People don't want to hear that, but you need to hear that. Because as soon as your, your spiritual path becomes your financial path that you depend on to support you, then it's no longer your spiritual path. It becomes your vocation. And people say, well, my spiritual path can become your vocation. Well, all right, just... Go ahead. But what happens is you begin to do things for the money. You begin to worry about the money, and you begin to worry about how to build that business to make the money, and then it's no longer your spiritual path. Now we're calling it the business. And so, therefore, in my life as a contractor and as a professional musician, James, um, when I was playing music full-time, before I started any of this spiritual stuff full-time, I... um, realized that being a musician was not a very financially equitable thing to be doing. So I had contracting work and other guys in the bands, we all had contracting work and we did jobs and work and, and we were working five days a week, playing five or six nights a week. And it was a big life. You're very busy, but it was the way to de-stress your music. Just like when you have your day job, then you're de-stressing your spiritual life so it doesn't have to support you and then your spiritual life can provide the path for your own freedom and your own liberation. Now there are times in my life and rhythms of this life where the uh, the teachings, the Order of the Blue Star, the Mystery School, it supports me very well. And there are other times when it doesn't. And there are times, quite frankly, to be honest with everybody, I get tired of teaching. I get tired of working with people, and I just want time to do simple things like contracting work. 
And part of that is why I've designed different things that I also build and sell, James, to keep myself in the uh, idea of working with my hands. I have a whole line of massage tables called Magic Carpet Sound Tables that have sound systems built into them. I mill all the lumber down from scratch, and I've designed the sound system technologies that go into them. They're beautifully upholstered. They're amazing tables, and um, I build them to order, and, they're, and I have a sound pad, and I also have uh, Tesla devices, different electrical devices that boost the electromagnetic fields of the body. And so I do think to de-stress my spiritual life, see, because those are products that, that can be like a business, as well as putting an addition onto your house or doing tile or a renovation, okay? So does that, does that speak to what you're talking about? Okay, and you also, yes, and you also do... Readings? What are readings? Yeah, I do, I do consultations, readings with people, and it depends upon who you are, you know, as to what the reading really becomes. People choose things because there's a couple selections. You can either do a direct reading where I just kind of vibe in with you, merge with you, and talk to you about your life, where you're at. And through our conversation, um, we develop a strategy to kind of get you out of where you are into a new adventure. And then there's a what's called an Akashic Record reading. And the Akashic Record, um, that's a word that's been tossed around a lot lately. And the Akashic Record is a, to put it clearly for everyone, it's an expression of the dominant past and future lives that are simultaneously occurring because time is only only segmented and linear here. And to be accurate, it's just one line of past and future lives. And by one line, I mean there are many probable pasts and probable futures that simultaneously exist. And believe it or not, I've watched people's, because of my visual sensitivity, I've watched people's Akashic records change, just like changing stations on a TV, um, when their consciousness changes. And they'll now rivet themselves to a different series of past lives and future lives because they're changing their vector or their directional heading in consciousness. So... Uh, that's one of the one of the readings I do, and the reason I do that that type of a reading is to help people kind of get free of the momentum that they may be stuck in, so they can move into another state of freedom, have a new adventure again. And uh, then there's a reading that's more health related. It's a vitality reading where we just get into you, so we can get where get your body going, get get your body and your psychology going in a in an uplifting vibrant, healthy direction, and because uh, that, that's fundamental. That's fundamental in the spiritual life. If, you, if your body is the weak link in the, in the chain, then it's time to do something about it. So one thing, the, one thing I've noticed, in, I, I guess because I, I travel in these circles now and have for the last probably 11 years, I... The thing that strikes me is that it seems like everybody wants to be a psychic. They want to be a healer. Uh, 
They want to quit their day job and be the all-powerful Oz and the, or you know, a, some kind of a mystical special person. And, you know, is that just, is that what you're talking about when you're talking about we're shifting from the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius? Or are people more focused on uh, those types of endeavors now than they used to be? Or is that just kind of wishful thinking? Well, no, I think that's a, that's a good interpretation of the energy. People begin to awaken and they begin to reorient themselves uh, out of the norm of what society has us all funneled into. It's like a cattle shoot, you know, for society that, that they want you to just all funnel into. And people begin to think out of the box. And, James, because we're still in a money-based world, people take the idea of money and commerce and vocation and somehow that that walks with them because they need money to have food, clothing, and shelter, transportation, and all of it. And they, and they take that, and that tries to get blended into their ideas of this new spiritual priority that's beginning to birth and sprout within them. So these two uh, you know, don't really mix very well because it, it begins to contaminate the innocence and the, the childlike nature of the of the spiritual journey and this doesn't mean that when my spiritual path and the teachings and the things that I share with people aren't making making me good money that I don't enjoy that and I and I really uh, am just so grateful for that because I am but when when either that isn't working when the rhythms of life are not working that way or when I'm just tired of it and I need a break from all of it, then I can just focus on sound tables, focus on the Tesla things, focus on some contracting work, something else. So I think that's a great insight, James. It, it really, it, it's really a part of the society today. People are waking up, and as they wake up and move forward into these new ideas, they still bring some of the old paradigm with them. One thing that was... Uh I heard the other day that was amazing to me is that the phenomenon of the near-death experience where people actually go into a state where they're, you know, they flatline, they have no pulse, they have, they stop breathing, their brain function stops, and then somehow they are resuscitated and they revived and they go back to life and and great many of them report that they had some kind of experience when they were supposedly dead and the statistic i heard was that there over eight, there are almost 800 of these events a day just in the united states and so it's like everybody uh is is that what it takes to connect to the divine <laughs> I certainly hope not. And no, it doesn't. But you know what? Um, God whispers to us, and if we don't listen, God talks to us. God, if we still don't hear God talking to us, God shouts at us. And then if we don't hear God shouting at us, then God can throw us in front of a bus. And... Um, it's just kind of the nature of things. And 
um, people well, are so people are so seduced by the senses of this world that that sometimes it takes an event like that to change someone from being a uh, raging materialist, you know, without any kind of conscience or perspective on any of these things, into someone who's totally intrinsically and mystically oriented, and it just happens like flipping a switch. Let me interrupt because we got to give our sponsors a word in edgewise. But no worries, uh, we'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think of the world 50 years ago. Now think of this same world and how it'll be 50 years from now. Did you know that if the world's population continues to grow at its current rate, our children and grandchildren will only have 25% of the resources per capita that our parents and grandparents had? We must preserve the foundation of a quality standard of living. That foundation starts with Go Green Radio. Join your host, Jill Buck, for Go Green Radio every Friday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voiceamerica.com you are listening to get real radio with james robinson we'd love to hear from you please call in to 1-866-472-5788 That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. That's mr.jamesmedia at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. James Robinson here with Get Real Radio and finishing up with our guest, Christopher Timms. And... Where I wanted to uh, go with our segment here is, you know, when I was, I grew up in the 50s and 60s, and so I'm, I guess I can call myself an old fart, but when all that was happening in the 50s and the Indian gurus came over and they introduced us to yoga and they introduced us to Eastern philosophy and the hippie movement took off and we had so many great dreams and plans 
and it seems like it all fell on its face, and uh, nothing came of it. And where I wanted to uh, get back with talking to Christopher is, whatever happened to the hippie movement? Well, uh, James, if you remember, at the very, very beginning of it all, there were, there were the flower children. And the, fly, the flower children was the very beginning of the hippie movement, and, and it was just about being good to each other, you know, living beyond prejudice, living beyond um, judgment of different religions and things. There was, there was the beginning of a purposeful movement to be inclusive. Because that's a great spiritual principle is that the universe or God is in- inclusive, not an exclusive idea or experience. And then as things moved on, part of the experience of spirituality, part of the experience of freedom, uh, people moved into heightened states of consciousness, a lot of them through the use of psychedelic, psychotropic substances and things, which when properly applied are amazing and powerful tools to put you into great states of insight and perspective. You know, you can take decades of spiritual work into one, one big trip. But this, a lot of this was done recklessly and just partying and playing and then, and it all turned into a big bad trip where people became lazy, people became just corrupted in a variety of different ways and then, then what was once a movement of peace and acceptance became the protest movements where people began to protest nuclear power stations, protest the Vietnam War, protest different decisions, protest this, that, and the other thing. And so people, instead of just being for unity, for togetherness, they became polarized against other things. And that, along with the degeneration of the psychology, um, just turned into the movement that went nowhere and dissolved into a generation of people that never really wanted to grow up, never really had fulfilling life experiences. A lot of the men that I apprenticed with um, were really very much a part of that whole Vietnam era. I missed Vietnam by by one year. And um, I I just see them, a lot of them kind of listless. And they were never grounded. They were never grounded in in that wholeness that they started. I don't know whether that speaks clearly about that, but it's kind of the, the beginning of that direction. What do you think? Well, what I was what I wanted to uh, discuss with you is that there was such so much potential fifty years ago, and the. Uh, and it just all turned back to the. It all turned into materialism, and yes, what yes. I'm what I, and what I'm seeing with what I would call the spiritual movement is a real lack of focus. Yeah, and and so it's it's like some people are out there talking to uh, 
you know, they're plant whispers or they're, uh, you know, they're sitting there talking about uh, going off into extremes and, and really not bringing anything to the party that most people can use. And I just wanted to uh, hear your thoughts on what, you know, why the spiritual movement oh, yeah. is seems to be stuck and, and um, and it, that's that's great, and that's it's the same the same reason the new age, the metaphysical, the new thought movement is stuck moving laterally rather than vertically. Right now is the same reason the Christian churches are all stuck, is because they've lost their target. They've forgotten the primary target in their experience, which is to experience unity, to experience oneness to experience this this uh, personality-dissolving state of consciousness beyond the self. And uh, that, was, that was the teachings of the Buddha. That was the teachings of, of Christ. And it, it's, the, it's the theme, and most people get sidetracked with the things along the way. Rather than being interested in, in unity and oneness, they want to see auras. They want to find their guides. They want to contact the angels. They want to channel. They want to do all these things. And we were taught, as you know, from the Christian scriptures, and as it's true in all the different teachings, to seek first the kingdom of heaven. Seek first oneness. Seek first the state of sacred unity. Then it says, then the, then the scripture continues and says, as you do this, so as you see first the kingdom of heaven, then all other things be laid unto you. That means as, as you touch eternity, as you experience this state of oneness, this inclusiveness, then you have insight into sacred geometry, insight into nutrition, insight into relationships, insight into ancient civilizations, insight into everything that comes from the eternal, comes from the out-of-the-suit position rather than the in-the-suit position. And because the religions and New Age movement has lost all, lost all that focus, they talk about God, but they're more interested in their dogma. Or, their, or in the New Age, what they're interested in is their issues, their mission, their purposes, their individual separateness rather than the inclusiveness of which we're all a part of. So they've they've inverted their focus. What uh, would you s say a somebody who really hasn't that much doesn't know that much about spirituality? Either they're in a religion and they're not being fed, or they're not satisfied with what they're hearing. Uh, you know, what is it that spiritual spirituality can offer them uh, well here's here's my fundamental exercise James since the 70s I've been I've been practicing listening to this inner sound there's a high-pitched ringing sound that everybody has whether you think you have it or not is irrelevant it's there and the Bible calls that the living word it's the Shabd the Bonnie, the music of the spheres, the audible life stream, 
It's that still, small voice. This is literally the voice of God. And physics calls this sound that you hear inside your ears right now echoes from the original Big Bang. You're hearing the background hum of the universe. And that just shows you how inseparable we are from all of creation. So since ancient times, the the listening to this sound has brought with it the foundation to spiritual wisdom and insight. It begins to reshape how you think, how you feel, the choices you begin to make. It begins to open your eyes to see different possibilities, all just from listening to this sound. Now, the best way to get someone to listen to this sound is to listen 20 or 30 times every day, but just listen for 10 or 15 seconds at a time. Because, James, what most people do when they do their spiritual practice is that it it becomes a, a mental gymnastics and wrestling match between them and their mind. And we want it to be childlike, because you have to be childlike to enter into the kingdom, the kingdom of this limitless creativity, the kingdom of eternity. So if I can get you to listen for just 10 or 15 seconds, and then if you don't think you're hearing it, Don't worry about it. Just continue. It's just because you don't think you're hearing it. That's all. It's your mind. And as you keep listening for this sound, you'll suddenly realize it, and then you'll realize that it's always been there. You just deprioritize it in your senses. So as you begin to work with this sound and listen to this sound, this is what the New Agers call going with God but they don't even know what they're talking about, the majority of them, because, again, that's a belief or a faith or a concept to understand. Here's the experience of going with the literal voice of God into the presence of each moment together. And as you let that voice shape your life, then what could be better? The, for me, the fulfillment of dreams beyond anything that I could have dreamed is what my life has become. The opportunities that avail me beyond anything that I could have orchestrated or uh, opportuned myself, it's right there at hand. Right there at hand. So, Well, this is, uh, we're coming to the close, and I wanted to give you a chance to let everybody know what you're up to, what you've got in the pipeline, and if there's any workshops or anything that uh, are coming up uh, to Tell well, them about very, it. Very kind, James. Thank you. Um, you know, every Monday night, I have a free conference call. You can go on my website, which is, of course, ChristopherTims.com, and you'll see right there, Building Blue, building Spiritual Community. And the community conference calls are one hour. <laughs> I teach on a topic. We take Q&A. We have people from all over the world on these calls. And it's a great way for us all just to come together. So I encourage you to check out the calls Monday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, if you can. And uh, I'll be opening a new mystery school. And that's a 14-month program. And you have to put up with me for one full day, usually a Saturday or a Sunday. It's about six, seven hours, uh, once a month for 14 months. And it puts you right into the spiritual washing machine. And when you come out, then you're reacquainted with all the ancient knowledge that you already know anyway. 
and then it helps you vector and direct your life. So there's hours we could talk about what the mystery school is, what these teachings are, but I think it's important to build community, and that's why I put together the Monday night talks, just to have people come together. We just hang out, everybody listens, and it's informal. They're great teachings, really fun topics, and people like you pick the topics. So people from all over the world send me suggestions and for topics, and I frame them up, you know, put them together and put them in the queue for when they're going to come. And every Monday night, there's a talk. Okay. Well, every, I'd certainly recommend everybody taking advantage of that. Unfortunately, our time is up, and uh, I will be inviting Christopher back later on this spring, and so we'll get more in-depth into all of this. But everybody, remember to set your clocks Ahead Saturday night, it's a leap forward for spring, and this is Get Real Radio. Thank you again for tuning in to Get Real Radio with James Robinson. Please join us again next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This week, open up your heart and look inside your spiritual self. 